Heavenly Father, we are grateful for today when we thank you for this session. And we ask, Lord, that you would release grace and anointing. And also you will release the spirit of prayer to come upon us. Father, we ask that uh, you will stir us up and give us the necessary tools. Equip us, Lord, to be able to take our prayer levels and our prayer lives from where it presently is to a higher level. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, and then we know the Lord's Prayer, as in the Scriptures. Now, it's really interesting because if you look at uh, Luke chapter 9, Jesus actually um, equips or he gives his disciples authority, okay, to go two by two to where he himself was going to go and minister. So he releases them, commissions them. They go out and they come back and they're amazed at the level of authority, the grace that they carried, and, and the accomplishment and the fruit, okay, that they saw. And they came back and reported to Jesus. And then Jesus then goes another step further in Luke chapter 10, where he then empowers the 72 disciples. Jesus didn't have just 12 disciples who were the, the most closest to him, where he imparted into them life and ministry and how to be a, a, uh, a servant of God, okay, how to walk with God. So in passing to the 12, but then he also had 72 others who he was discipling, not quite at the same level as the 12. And he sends them also out. And they also do amazing things uh, and see the kingdom of God advanced. And then we come to chapter 11, which is really interesting because the disciples then asked Jesus. The scripture says here, they came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased or when he finished, right? That one of them said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so I find very interesting how the scriptures develops where they find that it's, they didn't ask, oh Lord, teach us how we can open blind eyes like you do. Teach us how we can raise the dead. Teach us how we can operate in your power. They didn't ask any of that. And you have to appreciate they were operating in certain levels as the Lord had commissioned them. That wasn't the thing that was important to them. As the Years went by, it was three years that the, the Lord spent with them. And they saw the amazing things he did. The one thing which stood above everything else, which they asked him about, was prayer. Because the, the prayer life of Jesus was incredible. In this sense, in its outworking, it was possibly arduous. The scripture says he woke up a great while before day and spent time with the Father. Another part of the scriptures, uh, another portion of scripture says that he would spend all night in prayer. When he was going to uh, commission or select the disciples, he prayed all night. 
one of the things we've got to recognize, if you want to develop your prayer life, you must see it as work. But not in the negative sense. Look, you, you, listen, you have to appreciate that work in itself is a blessing. When God gave Adam work, it was a blessing to advance him, to advance the dominion grace that he had. It was only because of the fall that work has now become uh, something that is a toil and it's, it's negative and it's like, you know, why this burden? But it's a blessing. You must see your progress in developing your prayer life as a blessing. And the reason I say that is if you will only hold on, there's going to be a time that will come where there'll be an explosion. There's certain things I want to say today that I, I, I hope will really help you. And, you know, one would think that, okay, now I'm, I want to develop my prayer. Lord, give me the feeling. Lord, give me the anointing. Lord, give me the grace. Okay, now all of that God gives. But often if you really want to press in, if you really want to puncture the, 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 the brass ceiling, so to speak, guess what God will give you? He will give you pain. He'll give you frustration. He'll give you difficulty. There is something about the human condition. When you are pressed and when your back is against the wall, something inside of you, deep inside your spirit, begins to cry out to the Lord, especially if you're pursuing prayer. And there's a certain cry that comes out only when you're in a fire. And if you would stay in that fire long enough, if you will stay on that road long enough, the breakthrough, breakthrough will be incredible. And so when you want to develop your prayer life, and even after this session or even after many sessions or even as you have been already praying, God, I want to pray more, I want to pray more, I want to pray more. What you're going to find is God is going to say, sure. And then he's going to begin to give you certain burdens which are, which are, are painful. And so I want you to embrace the pain and difficulty that the Lord brings to you. When you look at certain individuals in the, in the scriptures, you see how they went through difficulty, seasons of challenge, but they came out victorious. When you look at the life of Joseph, it was clear he was the one who the, his dad had put the mantle on. It was clear, even though he was like the, the second from last born, it was clear that dad saw him as his firstborn. And it was him that he was going to give the birthright. On top of that, we see about Joseph that God had even put grace on him. There was a grace that rested on him. It was a prophetic grace. It was a leadership grace. And he was able to begin to see what the Lord was going to do with him in the future. And so God begins to reveal these things and he begins to get excited and he goes, yeah, great future. Begins to tell his brothers, begins to tell his parents and everything. Who are you, little pipsqueak, that we are going to bow to you, you know? Um, you know, we Africans, we have a similar type of culture, you understand? In the sense that if you are the youngest, you have the less authority, you know? And uh, the West Africans will say, hey, you small boy. 
Eh? What are you trying to tell us? The scripture also says even his parents, his dad said to him, what? Even the sun and moon are going to bow down to you because his dad discerned correctly the, the implications of the dream that Joseph had. The second dream that Joseph had was the stars were going to bow to him. And then also the sun and the moon was going to bow to him. And his dad discerned it, interpreted it and said, huh? Even what, your mom and I are going to bow to you? Foolish small boy. Nonsense. And so Joseph now begins his journey. Very great, very awesome, very wonderful. And then there is a, a sudden decline into the depths, into the valleys. I want to encourage you, when you are going through seeking to break into a higher grace, a high level of prayer and anointing, know this, that even in the valley, the Lord is with you. Because the scripture says about Joseph, he says when he went uh, down into Potiphar's house, the Lord was with him. When he went into the prison, the Lord was with him. Okay, so the Lord will be with you. The interesting thing is God is orchestrating all of this. He's allowing you to go through certain things to get you to the place and the position where you will cry out to God, God help me. God help me. And Joseph had to go to the lowest depth where he, be each, he began to recognize his deliverance and his salvation is in God. The only one who could help him was God. But God was doing a, a many things at the same time, was shaping him, was breaking him, was developing him for his high office. The reason why you are wanting to develop your prayer life, the reason why you are in this particular session, for me, speaks volumes. It is this. You recognize there's a call of God in your life. You recognize you want more. You're frustrated about how it is. You're fed up about this 15 minutes microwave bing business. Do you understand? You're fed up. You're fed up the fact that you're not experiencing God's presence more. You're, you're, you're just unhappy. The fact that at times it's like, you know, you're reading the word and it's quick and you're not getting much. You're fed up. You want to be living in his glory and in his power. You want to be living in his revelation and relationship. That's what you want. That's why you're here. And the Lord is stirring this up in you because he also wants it. He wants it even more than you. And so he's going to begin to work this thing inside of you. I was at that place and I believe I'm still uh, moved on slightly. But I believe that I'm still at the place where I want more. What I had, I'm, I'm be, I'll be honest with you, it was incredible. But now it, I need more. I remember some years ago, around 2011, 12, I began to say, I began to call on God. I began to say, Father, I need, I want more. I, I, this is not, this is not enough. And I remember I was, um, I was lying down in bed just, uh, I think I just kind of dozed off and I saw a hand stretch from the top of the bed, you know, the head of the bed. I just saw this hand come like that. And I saw myself reaching out. This was obviously, I saw it in the spirit. And then I, I thought, whoa, what is, 
what is this? And I immediately recognized what it was. This was an invitation of the Lord to come higher. It's an invitation from the Lord to go deeper. And you may not have such a vision. In fact, I can't say I don't really need any such visions. There's already inside of me a real hunger. And so I want to encourage you, begin to respond. There's no real hard and fast type of rules and, you know, and, and formats. I can certainly give you some steps. But the key thing is, is that you just need to pursue him. You need to run towards him. You mustn't stop. No matter how difficult it is, how challenging it is, you must be desperate for him until he rains righteousness on you. Until he manifests himself. From that point, I'll be honest with you, I have never experienced such difficulty in my life. And it wasn't so much things that are outside. It was internal things. I have never experienced pain like this before. The emotional pain was deep. And I was confronted with what the Lord allowed me to see. My, the darkness that was inside of me. The poverty that was inside of me. The issues, the, the insecurities that was inside of me. I have wept in that season like I've never wept before. It was a question of, I would be like in a meeting like this, and then I could just feel just, just hunger, and then I'll slowly, you know, when it finishes, don't want to talk to anybody, and I want to go and find, my, and I'll go be on my knees, and I'll cry, oh God, and I'll say, God, and all I'll say, Lord, I am sorry, Lord, help me, I need you, I beg you, oh God, I see this, I see that, have mercy, oh God, and I would weep, Weep. And sometimes the weeping will be so intense that you can see it all over me. And I remember the season. I worked in the, obviously, um, um, when I'll be working in the office, I will, I, will, I will, you know, lock my door and I would pray, put the music on loud because I'll be wailing. So I put it on loud. And uh, Fola, you know, works and then, you know, can you imagine, um, my door shut, I got it loud, he's got headphones on, and then he was so I said, Pastor Phil, do you have to have it so loud? <laughs> <laughs> and he has no idea, yes, I do. I do not want you to hear me howling. Listen, guys, I was howling. I was in pain. I was in pain. And then I would then, when I finish, because then it's like the, the, it comes like a wave. It's intense. And then it ebbs away. And it's because God will come and visit and it will mess me up, ruffle me up, press me. Because he wants oil to come out. You get the oil, you crush it, you bruise it so you can have olive oil, the oil that they would uh, back in the day use it as, as part of the uh, uh, compound for the anointing oil. Crush it and squeeze it. And that's what God will do to you if you want to have uh, uh, intimacy with you. You want a breakthrough. 
You want a breakthrough? Are you serious? Are you serious? Because if you are, the pain is coming. But the pain is because of blessing. God wants to bless. And what I'll do, I'll put the fan on. Because now my eyes are all puffy. My eyes is all red. So I put the fan on and just do this. <laughs> to, to, to cool it. Cool it. I'm, I'm kidding you not. To cool it down. And then sometimes when I've noticed they've gone like other parts of the office, I'll quickly run down and I'll get water and I'll put it on. Because I don't want anybody to see me in that state. Because what God is doing is intimate. It's me and him. It's not for anybody else. That's right. It's me and him. And I'll do that. Sometimes they'll knock and then they'll open the door and then they'll see me all heavy and they're thinking, Ooh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's because a journey had begun. And I decided to stay on this journey. And I tell you what, over period of those years, I have received more visions, more prophetic revelations, more insights in the spirit than ever before. As I pressed in, I noticed the anointing level was increasing. And because I noticed these things, I then want more. And that's what God does. He gives you more so that you can want more. Do you understand? You have no idea the level of darkness that's inside us all. I'm convinced. I am so convinced that I am just one messed up human being that can only survive with God. I can only live properly with his presence, with his grace and with his anointing. And so I'm giving this little backdrop of story to say to you, that if you want this thing, know this, God wants it more than you do, number one. Number two, he's been waiting in the wings for how long? So that he can get you in a position that you can pursue this journey. Listen to this. I wrote this down about prayer. What is prayer? It's many, many definitions we can give. One of the things is this, it enables you to access God. As you, you tap in, it's like, for example, an appliance will, be, uh, will, be, uh, will not be able to function unless it's connected to the grid. Once it's connected to the source of power, it then works. You need to understand you are like that. Unless you are connected with God, you will not work. God knows how you function, how you work, and how you operate. There are some people here, there is a supernatural anointing that is on you. And I'm, I'm, I'll mention it to you privately. There are some of their supernatural anointing, supernatural power. You will not get it unless you connect with God. There's a statement that I heard, and it's this. Your connection with God enab enables you, all right, to have the fuel for your spirit. The fuel for your spirit is God's presence. The vehicle will not function unless it has petroleum flowing through it. It, can, it won't go anywhere no matter what you do. Even if it's hybrid business, even if it's fully electric, it has to have power. When you develop your prayer life, what will happen is you'll be able to access and you'll be able to connect 
and then you will draw from the very source. There are great ministries here. There are intercessors here. There are. This is more exhortation. This is what I feel to share. Maybe tomorrow we'll go step by step. There are ministries here. There are people here that God wants to reveal an amazing aspect of his glory. There are some people here, there are some serious issues, serious needs. And God wants you to be the kind of individual where if there's an issue, you don't care whether it's hell or high water. You don't care what blockade. As far as you're concerned, you want that thing and you will do anything and you will do everything and you will press and you will push and you will scratch and you will bite and you will crawl on your knees because you want that thing. And listen, in fact, in your mind is, look, if you don't stop me, I'm going for this. Only you can stop me. I don't care what demon. I don't care what principalities from the different regions of the world coming against me. I don't care. I'm having this. It is do or it is die. You want to develop the, your the spirit of prayer? That is the kind of mentality you need to have. There's no hard and fast rule. And because in ourselves, it's either passion or pain. Have you noticed you're driven with passion? When something comes upon you or you want something and you're passionate for it, you pursue it. But equally with pain. What pain will do, pain will challenge you. Pain will stir you. Pain will push you, point you. Pain will cause you to be so, so frustrated that you are driven for relief. You're driven for freedom. Our spirits are designed to burn on a certain kind of fuel. It is called God's presence, God's Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you, in this time of conference, it's great when you spend time with each other, it's fun. Austin and I used to work together. In fact, Austin was the one who witnessed to me and brought me to the Lord. And um, it's just really quite amazing, even that whole story, I won't go into it. I've known Austin from when we were like around 10, 11. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? And, um, and then the Lord engineered things where when I was around the age of 21, you know, because we weren't really in contact, we connected. And the Lord used him, and I became born again, okay, from that point. And we used to work together. And while we were working there, I realized in that particular field of job, I didn't really have the grace in fact, I really wasn't kind of wired properly. So I wasn't very successful, you know. Um, and so what happened was, and it was the Lord's doing, the Lord wanted me to work there for a brief moment because I needed to be saved. But then afterwards, I needed to move on to something else. But I really wanted to stay in that industry. And so what happened was, I used to then struggle month in, month out, 
month in, month out. And it was really painful because it begins to affect your, your um, security, your self-esteem, your self-worth, you know? And so what I would do is at lunchtime, I, would, I wouldn't even have, because oftentimes we would work through our lunch Austin and different members of the team, they'll have appointments, okay? So you just go to your appointments. Or sometimes you have lunch, you work through lunch, or whatever, or you rest, whatever. What I used to do, I wouldn't have lunch hardly. We worked in the West End, and what I would do is uh, there were these different churches in the area which are kind of open to the public. Some of them are quite sort of old, so, you know, it's like a museum at times. Yeah, uh, sorry, more tourist attraction, that's a better way of putting it. I would go there to be praying at lunch times. Praying. That's what I do. And I'll be asking God, help me, help me, help me, help me. You have to understand, this was daily. I would be saying, God, help me. God, I'm struggling. God, help me. And, and sometimes it'd be so intense, right? Because in the church, I'll find somewhere sort of quiet. And obviously, I'm a tongue-talking believer. So I'll be there and it'll be intense and I'll be going like this. And because I don't want to be loud, I learned how to pray intensely in tongues without making much noise. So it'll look like this. <laughs> Seriously. And I'll be doing that. And then I'll check. Because, <laughs> you know, the tourists, you know, people, you know, that's what we're doing. And then I'll be doing that sometimes so intense. I'm in there and then I'll see people looking at me, and I work, one time I show her, the guy with a camera was in front of her. So maybe if we troll in, uh, what was it, YouTube somewhere, you see me going, <laughs> you see me like a prayer. <laughs> and I'll be crying out to God, honestly, it was simple as that. God help me, God help me, God help me. Oh Lord, I'm struggling. And then one time in the, I used to pray also in the, in the toilets, all right? I'd go in there, and I'd be praying. And then when it gets intense, I'll flush the toilet. Because <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to hear. And one time in Oxford Street, I was there praying. And because honestly, I was trying to make an appointment. It was, I was frustrated. And what it is, there was this an incentive scheme, you know? And, and, and others were moving. They were getting, moving ahead. And I, I went in the toilet and I was, you know, I'll say pacing around. It was more like this, you know. <laughs> I'll say, Lord, I beg you, Father, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you. I kept praying, praying. Flush the toilet, praying, praying. And I kid you not, I prophesied to myself. What was that thing they had where you get the certain levels and then they take you on holiday? There was a name. There was a certain name. It was an incentive scheme. It was really awesome, you know. And this guy's gifted. You know, he was, he was getting. Anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> and and so what happened? I was asking for this thing. I God, please God, and I kid you not, I prophesied to myself. And if I can try and remember the prophecy, because you have to appreciate this about 29 years ago, it was something like this. It was like the Lord was saying, "Why are you bothering?" about this. You shall do this, you shall do that. And I kind of stopped in my tracks. And I said, 
Yeah, that's nice. But I want this. <laughs> the Lord was trying to get my attention. I have something else for you. I have something else for you. And if only you continue pressing in, I will order your steps. And then I then moved to another job, which was in uh, London Bridge. And you have to appreciate, and that's why I'm encouraging you with these stories, because as my custom was when I worked in Oxford Street, so was my custom in London Bridge. At lunchtime, it was a marketing, uh, uh, direct marketing company. At lunchtime, didn't spend time with people. I would look for quiet places, whether it's a park, or whether it's a staff toilet, or whether it's right on top of the stairs, where nobody, there's no traffic, or a church. And I will go there and I will pray and I will cry and I wept and I will pour my heart to, out to the Lord. And I thought that I was just a mess, I was just, I had issues, but little did I know, God was developing and shaping me. You want to develop your prayer life, you shall, but God will be developing you. God is doing something in your pain, especially because when you're in your pain, there's two things you do. You say, he doesn't care. He's not interested. What, I'm meant to be a child of God. I don't, these promises that I see in the world, how come I'm not walking in it? What is the point? And we do that and we abandon the journey because we don't understand. If you look in Lamentations, it talks about how God orchestrated the pain. God orchestrated the difficulty. God orchestrated the challenges. And it's only the ones who see that, they understand that you are Yahweh, the self-existent God. And when I was there, lunchtime, spending time with God, I was in a Catholic church, and I'd be praying. I found one corner, and then there was this place where they had the statues, and there was a place you kneel, you know, they had that. And I'd be, I'd be kneeling, oh Lord, God, help me, please help me. Pray, pray, and I'd be weeping. Weeping. And then one day as I was weeping and I looked up and I saw St. Peter looking down at me. <laughs> and then I began to think, nah, this is, you know, there was St. Peter, there was St. Paul, there was St. Bartholomew. And I said, okay, I ain't going to pray here anymore. And I'm going to be freaky, mate. So I went into this other place, solitary place, right, inside it, okay. I hope you don't mind me sharing these stories. I feel that this is what I need to do. And so I was there, and I'll be, and again I'll be weeping. And every single day, you know, I'm suited and booted because that was a dress code. And then I go lunchtime, and I'm praying, and I'm weeping. And the 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 vicar there, honestly, he must, because every time I don't know, he must have started timing it. When I'm leaving, then he's he'll be there just looking at me, going, you know. And honestly, and I would look at him, and he's probably thinking, hmm, this one's a proper sinner. Every day he is, and yes, it's true. The Apostle Paul said, I'm the chief of all sinners. Every day, come and see him weeping. Now, you have to understand, the weeping, it was the kind that was horrible. Where you're not just streaming from your eyes. You're streaming from your nostrils. And then you have to have like a tissue to catch it. And then you're dribbling. Honestly, honestly it was one of those ones. 
you know, because it was so intense. And little did I know, God was dealing with me. But what he did then was nothing compared to some years ago. The intensity, I tell you, I kid you not. And then I understood I'm being broken. And when you are developing your prayer life, God will take you through a process of breaking. God will, will break you. Now, um, last year, I remember I found a scripture in Job. It says that the Lord wounds you and then he heals you. He breaks you and then he rebuilds you. God wants to do something phenomenal in your life. And he wants us to capture this essence. So let me see if we can begin to give you a few steps that will help you. The first and foremost you must do is start. Start. Okay? Um, Austin and I and I think Karen um, and a few others here, we used to come to this place when they didn't have this nice, you know, this is amazing how it is now. You have to understand this is like 30 years ago. And I used to come to conferences. We used to have it annually. And there would be a certain part of the service where people are, you know, there's a high praise and people are dancing and enjoying and jumping and, and I'm feeling shrink. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're clapping and, they're, you know, they're just, people are spinning, you know, and I feel, okay, well, maybe I've got to do it. So I start doing that and then I'll start spinning, you know, and I go, nothing. <laughs> and I would be a bit, I won't say depressed, but I'll be really down. You know, down. This was year after year. And when we started CLF, it was the same. Year after year. And I didn't get it. And then, and I believe it was the Spirit that did that. And then I said, you know what? Why am I trying to do that? I, let's just spend time with the Lord in my room. And I remember we were somewhere in Wales. That was the first time I did that. In between the services. I will go and I'll spend time with the Lord. I'll worship him. I'll pray. I'll speak in tongues. I'll wait on him. And I began to experience his presence. I began to meet him. I began to have connection with him. And it would be like for 15 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes hour and a half. And then I caught the secret. So from that time to now, when we have these conferences, as much as I love to play around and all of that stuff, I, now I don't even, and it's not because of, because of age. <laughs> it's nothing to do with that. You think I don't like, like having fun? Just because I carry something here, you think I don't want? <laughs> My friend, I like fun, but his presence is more dear. It's, it's more beautiful. So what I do is now I will try and find time. And hide away and spend with him. And that's how I meet with him. So start now. Start now where you are. Now, the second thing is, you must persevere. Perseverance is critical to your pursuit. If you do not persevere, you are going to find that you start and you stop. Who's actually done something? You know when you start and then you stop? And then you're frustrated that you're starting and you're stopping. Yeah? 
Don't worry about the starting and the stopping. Just having your head, I'm going to continue, I'm going to continue, I'm going to continue. Don't be looking at the fact that, okay, I'm going to have one and a half hours stretch. See, it, t it takes me sometimes one and a half hours, sometimes an hour, just for my spirit to be stirred and ready to pray. Sometimes it takes me two hours, three hours. But then you know what I discovered? I realized that it's because when I open myself up to so many things, I remember once uh, we had a, uh, one of our members had a party. This was years ago. It, the party was fantastic, you know. It was really great. And the following day, I was meant to coordinate the service. So they had a party on a Saturday, on a Sunday, I had to coordinate. And then, you know, we came back, great party, real fun, great fellowship, you know. Genesis, you know, Cool and the Gang, Michael Jackson, you know, Shalama, all of that, you know. Celebration time. You know, oh, it was, it was brilliant. Those of, you, those of you know those ones. Even those ones are still party hitters anyway. <laughs> it was fantastic. The following morning, I said, let me spend time with the Lord because I need to get my spirit ready. I prayed. I waited. I prayed. I waited two hours. I'm thinking, what the blazes is going on here? And then obviously time ran out. Went to the service and I served. And I realized I hadn't broken through. The point is this. You've got to be careful what you open your spirit to. I'm not saying that celebration times is sin. All I'm saying is that it carries more of the spirit of the world. It carries more carnality or, or more soulish, should I say. I'm not saying per se that is wrong. There are certain types of music that's wrong. And so what happens is it's your spirit that connects with God. And so how then do you expect to be flowing in your spirit when your spirit has been dampened by all of these things you've been allowing. Listen, I like music. I like music videos. I like MTV, MTV bass. But I know if I watch a lot of that, I find it drains me. And so sometimes what I do is this. Honestly, this is the truth. Even now, like last week. <laughs> I'll be, you know, just, you know, just relaxing. And then I will see hip-hop something. <laughs> and I click there and I watch it there. And I've got a timer. <laughs> and it come out. The sound of the music is all great, but I know, Phil, if you stay there, it's going to drain you. And so what I do is I listen to a lot of worship music. I listen to a lot of preaching. Because what I'm trying to do is feed my spirit. So as part of your pursuing yourself or pursuing God and developing in prayer, what you need to do is you need to listen to a lot of messages on prayer. To this day, I listen, yes, a few days ago, I was listening to literally about three, four hours. As I'm working, doing this, whatever, I'm listening to preaching because I'm feeding my spirit. If you want, you see, prayer is a spirit, okay? And so you should ask God for a spirit of prayer. That's the third point. 
Ask God, say, Father, help me. Just like the disciple says, teach us how to pray. You need to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, can you teach me how to pray? Will you give me a prayer grace? Give me prayer anointing. Give me the spirit of mm. prayer. And you keep asking him and asking him. And the scripture says this, ask and you shall receive. Give me the spirit of prayer. Give me the prayer anointing. There's a scripture I believe in, I think it's in Zechariah, which talks about the spirit of grace and supplication. Ask for it. Give me grace. Give me supplication. Let me press through. Fresh anointing in this area. But coming to the second point, when you are continuing, you are persevering forward. What you must do is you must be very deliberate about what you open your spirit to. I'm telling you, you have to be very careful. And so you must constantly, this is what I personally do. I, I, as much as I can, I'm listening to preaching message because the anointing on there will rub off on you. Do you understand? And so I con constantly do that. I went through a season, I listened to every kind of type of prayer, different types of prayer messages. I would listen to it over and over and I saw the effect that it had on me. I'll be praying more. I will be learning how to pray, different aspects of prayer, more and more. What I'll do is I'll hang around people who uh, are uh, serious about these things. When we were uh, younger Christians, there were wonderful people in my church, but there were certain ones, I will be cool with everybody. That's my nature, but I'll hang around with only a few who, who can stir me up. Do you understand? And so Pastor John and I will be talking a lot about revival, talking a lot about prayer, talking a lot about these things because I want to be stirred. Do you understand? Let me take some questions at this time. Do you have it? Yes. Does it matter um, the type of material you spend your time listening to? Like we're all talking about the, uh, worship, uh, worship uh, the preaching. You've got to be careful as to what you allow your spirit to be fed with. Because say you listen to all these different types of prayers. How do you differentiate between what is right food and what's a bit different? Because sometimes it's possible that you could go off the rails if you're, I mean, I want you to elaborate on that, please. That is a brilliant question. I'll just repeat it. Okay, it's a really good question. Um, and the question was this. Um, when you're listening to... Uh, different types of preaching and worship music, etc. Um, should you listen to everything, basically, you know? Should you just dive in there or should you be thoughtful in how you do it? And thank you because I think that's such an important pointer because when you go on the net, there's all kinds of stuff there, all kinds of stuff. And as we heard in the preaching earlier, you can have an individual who carries an anointing, but their lives is defiled. Do you understand? Um, I heard of one story of a man of God who would uh, commit a sexually immoral act just before they go and minister. Normal. And so, and they could be preaching powerfully or ministering powerfully, and they'll forget, yeah. And then what will happen is you will imbibe the leakage. Do you understand? So it's a fantastic question. So basically, what I do is I would, um, I'm very selective 
That's why I'm really thankful to ask him for that question. I'm very selective. Do you understand? And so if I am not sure, I will then ask um, Pastor Joe or Pastor John or other credible people, what do you think of such and such? What do you think of this minister? What do you think of this band? What do you think of this church? Do you understand? So you have to get recommendations if you're not sure. Otherwise, you can take on some erroneous teachings and you can catch a wrong spirit. And you know, there are certain people who have been polluted that way, okay? So be very, very selective. Um, uh, I'll be bold enough to say the kind of worship music I listen to are hill songs, okay? Bethel Church, okay? And then also, there's another group called um, House Fires. Those generally, because there's enough there. And I listen to that type. Um, I'm not so much into the gospel. You know, now at times it's really anointed. But, and so when it's anointed like that, I'll, I'll listen. But it's very rare. It's often live worship music. That's what I prefer. Okay? And with the preaching, again, very, very selected, credible people. Do you understand? That I listen to. That period that I was going through, I listened to a lot of David Wilkerson. You know, David Wilkerson, brilliant. Uh, uh, Leonard Ravenhill, prophet and a revivalist, very powerful. Um, and that type of messages that would stir me. But these people, um, uh, in my circle of people I respect, they will endorse those kind of ministers. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you're not sure, please, please, please ask, okay? Now, one more thing on that. When you're listening to it, something's not resonating. It means your spirit is saying, uh-uh, uh-uh. So immediately, don't say, no, 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 it is, it is good. No, just turn it off. Your spirit is not agreeing with it. So you've got to shut it off. Do you understand? Many times I've tried to force listening to certain and it's not working. And I think, Phil, what are you doing? You know better. You know, you're not getting your spirit. It will be very consistent. Do you understand? And you just, you just cut it out completely. I hope that helps. Yeah. Um, okay. Just very quickly, in addition to that, do you find that as you get deeper and deeper into your walk with God, that the Spirit leads you into truth? So, as Pastor John was saying downstairs, that, you know, it's certain things that you listen to when you first started as a young Christian in prayer, you won't listen to now. Yes. Um, because you're now seasoned in, you've allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you into truth. So, you're more seasoned in your receptacle and how you hear and how you receive mm -hmm. do you understand yeah. me yes yeah. yes so uh, is that a statement that you're saying to all it of us yeah to absolutely i endorse that exactly as you mature you find that you're no longer dealing with milk because when you're young it's milk bread now you're dealing with meat it's only uh, mature human beings that can handle meat your digestive system can handle it do you understand? Your teeth are fully developed. You bite it through the... You know what I mean? Because you're developed. You can... You can you, do you see? So as you develop more, you can handle certain types. Okay? So, excellent. Thank you, Austin.
maybe the first half hour, half an hour of the training was going and I feel like not, not really getting anywhere and I'll just wrap it up there and I'll go, oh, well, that was a bit of a slack training time but by the sound of it, it's almost like they normally, normally just kind of go further if one is awake long enough. Right, okay. Um, if I can try and repeat your question, what you're trying to say is, should we always expect to be breaking through every time in our uh, prayer time? Um, okay, how can I answer that? Um, let me answer it this way. You will not always break through, okay? You will not because sometimes you would find it's flat. But what happens is we assess things at times wrongly. There was this guy called M Mike Bickle. Oh, by the way, that's another guy, Mike Bickle. Listen to his teachings, really good, okay? Um, and he said, he, is, he was uh, uh, leading a prayer meeting and it was just flat and he was, you know, he was really kind of a bit dejected and he was talking to the Lord, um, I think it was the following day saying, Father, you know, that was really, you know, really sorry, really flat, I don't know what's happening, blah, blah. And guess what the Spirit said to him? What are you talking about? I had a great time. I had a wonderful time. And you thought, huh? <laughs> so what we would call flat, God is calling beautiful. Because you see, we're not discerning what's happening in the spirit. We're discerning what's happening with our flesh, in our soul. So therefore, when you're praying, expect flat. <laughs> expect faith. Expect breakthrough. So you're praying, you're praying, you're praying, and you find, oh, it didn't really go anywhere. That's okay. Say, thank you, Lord. Privilege of prayer. I'll see you same time tomorrow. That's it. Do you understand what I mean? That's what you do. Because there are, there, there, you would be amazed sometimes why it is flat. It's flat because he actually wants you to stop now. There's been times I've been praying in the morning. And then I'd notice this would be happening. It was like, this was like, like, you know, like on Sundays more in particular, and then some, sometimes during the week. I'm praying, and then up to some point, it's flying through, what's this? And then I began to work the pattern. I noticed afterwards, after I pressed through in prayer, now I'm now rushing to get ready. And it dawned on me, the Lord is saying, you're going to be late to where you're going, son. And so it's time. But I'm still praying. So he goes, okay, I'm going. <laughs> no, literally. So sometimes you've got to recognize the Lord is saying it's enough. Sometimes the Lord wants you to be quiet. Other times he wants you to read his word. Do you understand? Other times he just wants you to wait. And there's times I've done this, and this was accidental. I did that, I'd be waiting, then I doze, and then I get a vision. Because the Lord wants to speak to you. And we're, Have you noticed that? Can you imagine after 29 years, I'm still doing that. One and a half hour. And then the Lord is like, son, come on. I want to I wanna talk to you. So therefore, just expect, obviously you want to break through. But if it doesn't happen, okay, it's not the end of the world. There are other factors that are taking place. Does it help? All right. Frida? Your prayer. Mm. How do you bring it back to him? 
Right, that's, again, that's a good question. The question was, when you're praying and you find out there's so many thoughts uh, just, you know, fighting for that same space, what do you do? Because what it does, it kind of, you know, all you're focusing is on that rather than prayer. Um, what I have discovered is um, I've got to quiet my spirit, okay? So when it's like that, I would then have either the worship music playing in the background and just be praying softly, just be praying softly, praying softly, and I'm just waiting. And then I realize sometimes there are things I need to talk to him about. So I say, Father, there's so many things going on in my head. Lord, I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about that. Lord, you know, we need to deal with this. And I'll be just, you know, just, just talking. And what I'm doing is I'm quieting my spirit at the same time. It's like I'm trying to empty myself, Jansen, to wait for a place of calmness. Other times what I do is, as I'm praying, I'm noticing you've got to call this person. You've got to go and read this book of the Bible. You've got to go. So what I do is I write it down. Because sometimes I realize that the Lord is getting my attention about certain things that I need to do. And it's really interesting. You've got to call this person. You've got to call that person. And then what I do is when I call them, they think, oh, amazing. I was just thinking about you. So what I do is literally, I, it's, it's, like, it's like sometimes my spirit is giving me an action list. But at the same time, what I'm doing is I am quietening my spirit. But if I was to zero in specifically what you're saying, when you're being bombarded, it means that you have to give enough space for your spirit to calm down so that you can be invigorated and energized by his Holy Spirit to then begin to pray, whether it's intercession or petition, etc. Okay? This is the reason why you have to carve out decent times of prayer. That's why Jesus said, what? You could not wait with me one hour? Do you understand? One hour is like the, is, is the kids play. So you, we need to develop. This is not to knock any, anybody, all right? We need to develop where, you know, one hour is we're just warming up. And you'd be amazed how you, you can get there, okay? If you're persistent. Does that help, Frida? Yeah. That's such a wonderful question because you've spoken into sort of my situation. I didn't elaborate on that. The question is, um, when you're going through the difficulty, at what point do you know, God, you are doing this? Yes, is that, that's your question. <laughs> it took me a while. And do you know what I did? Because I would ask him and he would just silent. Lord, what's going on? Lord, why? I don't understand. Please speak to me. Now, you can appreciate that's even more frustrating. Do you understand? You know, 
but I, I thought we can come to you. This is the confidence that we have in you, that if you pray in accordance with your will, you hear us. You're not hearing me. You're not responding. You're not, ans you're not answering. This went on for months and months and months. Probably, I think it was about a year and a half. And then, because it was so personal, I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. And so I then eventually, it was too much. And you know what? I kid you not, I did feel I was, I thought, what? And I'm not like that. I'm not, I don't get depressed. And I wasn't depressed because that, that wasn't depression, but that was a heavy burden. And what happened was it was just too much. I needed to talk. And I realized that because it was so unique and personal, some people may not understand. I didn't tell Joe, Pastor Joe. I didn't tell Pastor John, you know. Um, Janzami, Austin is in and out of the country, so. <laughs> Janzan, I'm really cool with my brother, didn't tell him. Even, even, even Sharon, who were very close, I didn't tell her, you know. I would sort of try, and then, Janzan, we're gonna hear something, and then I pull back, okay. And this is what I did. There's a number of, uh, how can I put it, points to how to answer this. I came to a point, I asked a man of God. Um, I said, what is going on? I, this is what's happening. And they said, the Lord is taking you from one level to another level. And that's all they said. That's all they said. Exactly. There was another man of God I asked, and he didn't, these are seriously prophetic people, and he didn't even say anything, and it frustrated me, but I understood why. God didn't want any interference in what he was doing. <laughs> so what, he didn't want any interference. When God was, was bringing it about, woman okay he had to take her from deep in the man you know if i was doing a marriage seminar right now i'll say and often i believe everything rests on the man everything i believe that the majority rests on the man and often men don't get this god brought the man first and he put everything inside the man everything in fact even if you're a woman everything about you is in your spirit God has deposited it there. But in the context of marriage, God has put everything in the man. And the man was functioning. The only thing was he didn't have a support. So God said, right, now you're ready. Then he brings the support. So everything is inside. And so what God did was, God had to bring out the woman. So what did he do? He had to put the man in a deep sleep. When they're going to do deep operation, what do they do? They knock you out. Deep sleep. Why? So that you don't interfere. Because otherwise, if you're awake, you interfere. Why are you cutting it? <laughs> when I was very young, about the age of five, I was playing with a bottle, four or five in Ghana, broken bottle, and it cut me right there. And it was so deep. And you know, back home, if you hurt yourself, they beat you, then they fix you. Yeah, do you understand? Like that. 
So I was four or five years old and I got it, so I was quiet. <laughs> and I was just quiet suddenly. And then it came to have our dinner and they said, come wash your hands. So I gave my grandma my left hand. She just washed it and she said, bring the other one. And I was, and she, she went, hey, she screamed. And then they rushed me to the hospital. I had to have stitches. And what it was, was they didn't have, I didn't have anesthetic. So five people held me down, you know. And I guess as a boy, I was, I was, I guess, strong enough. Of course, when the pain, you don't care what, you know what I mean? Whether you're weak or not. And I remember one woman held me here. Another woman held me here while the male doctor was stitching. A, a, a man held my feet and another guy was there trying to put some, some cloth over my face. <laughs> and I was fighting them. Yeah, fighting them. And then somehow they managed to stitch it up. So my point is this. When God is doing something inside of you, he doesn't want interference. So when he was bringing out the woman, put him into deep sleep and brought her out. And so the Lord allowed, my sister, allowed me to go for a long period and then I'll be, I'll be, and then I'll have inklings. I think, you know, I think, hold on, different people in scripture, this, this is brokenness. It's the Lord breaking me. And then I began to search on the, on YouTube. And God was so kind. He allowed me to find script, um, uh, uh, teachers, Charles Stanley, brilliant on brokenness. Um, I, six part, it's like he was speaking to me. And then there was this other guy, I've forgotten his name, this prophet, amazing. He was talking about brokenness. It was amazing and that fed me. And then I realized, oh, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm going through. So I hope that helps. Yeah. Um, why is it sometimes that prayer is kind of boring? And how do you push past that boredom stage to get to intimacy? Prayer, partly, it's, it's part of it is boring, but part of it is really fun and exciting, okay? The reason why at times we experience the boredom aspect is because primarily it comes, it comes from the realm of your spirit, not your soul. Do you understand? And so your soul will judge it on earthly terms, where in the realm of the spirit is totally different. Your spirit is incredibly deep and it's very complex area. It's a spiritual activity. And you have to understand your flesh and your body is not interested, is not interested at all. Do you see? So because you are spirit, soul, and body, your spirit is willing but your flesh is weak so your flesh is going to fight it but because you want to pursue and develop you press in and as you're pressing in then you are fighting your soulical man who's not interesting so that's where the boredom bit comes in you understand the other issue of the boredom bit is that you are waiting on the lord and you're waiting on his timing not your timing do you see the other thing is this it is god that brings the quickening and brings that joy not you 
Do you understand? The best we can do is we can offer up sacrifice of praise. We can stir ourselves like David said, you know, put your hope in God. Do you understand? You can do those things, but primarily it's the Holy Spirit that blows and brings quickening and brings life. Does that make sense? So the boredom is still an important aspect of it. It's part of the process. So you just endure it. You don't even mind it. Do you see? You just, you're just pressing in. Because God rewards faithfulness. Do you understand? If you're faithful, God will meet you. All right? Yeah. I think really is to, one thing I, listen, one thing I realized that weeping, um, tears and all of that is a way the Lord has allowed the human soul to express pain. Do you understand? So I see it as a, a very important part of my life and my, and my prayer life. Do you understand? Um, it is actually an expression. Do you know, I'm sure I saw... Um, uh, th there's a principle rather behind it that um, there's a certain realm in prayer where your tears is prayer. There's a realm of intercession where your tears, the scripture talks about how Jesus wept strong tears. Do you understand? Because when you are weeping those tears, in fact there's a scripture which talks about how God collects your tears in a bottle. It's speaking because in the tears you are groaning. Do you understand? Even your silence is speaking because God sees your heart and he sees your condition. So I wouldn't say it's something that you should be controlling. Do you understand? In that sense, okay? Um, I think it's, it's you just wait on the Holy Spirit and, you know, when you realize that, nah, this is a bit weird, it's getting out of hand, that's different. But I'm talking about you should just let it flow with the Holy Spirit because the Lord is probably working on you. You have to understand uh, it's almost like the Lord is tenderizing you because we become overwhelmed by his presence. We become overwhelmed by a revelation of him. Do you understand what I mean? So I would say that you just, as you are dialoguing with the Lord and then you find that when you hear something, you know, you, you, you break and then you weep. I think it's good you go with that and then you talk to him. Two days ago, I heard, I was listening to this preaching Powerful. And there was a statement it was that, that he made and the preacher made. And it was this. He said that, and it's in the scripture, that Jesus, what Jesus did is Jesus said when he was praying, he said, Lord, I know you love them as you love me. Now, understand this. Jesus is the only begotten of the Father. And the Father loves his son passionately. But Jesus made a statement. He says, the way you passionately love me, you also love them. And I thought, wow, God loves me to that same level of intensity? And that statement wrecked me. 
I was working and suddenly, you know, I kind of, you know, and I said, wow, Lord, wow. Thank you. And I said, Dad, this I've got to feed on. Do you understand? So there'll be times God is speaking to you. And what he's saying to you, it is quite overwhelming. It impacts you. Do you understand? And so what I would encourage you to do, because it's possible you're quite prophetic. And the prophetic types often are very emotional. So you mustn't reject that aspect of you. What you must do is you must, you must allow the Lord to help you develop it and to use it as a tool. Does that help? Just a, a one verse, tiny point, which might help the young lady is, um, does it mean that uh, when you're broken, it always equates to tears? Um, is it possible to be broken and not be a wreck? Um, it's not everybody that there are sometimes when God deals with you and you feel broken deep down it's deep it may not necessarily be that you're crying or you've got snot coming out of your face you know so I think it's just to get the correlation between this is Pastor Philip's experience and sometimes we're not careful that we can take his experience as this is the benchmark for brokenness and it may not necessarily because God deals with us in so many different ways so just coming back to, if you don't mind, yeah. come back to what the young lady is saying. That's a question for you. You can uh, expound on it. Does it, what do we mean by brokenness? What is the definition as we feel brokenness? Because if I'm listening to her, does it mean that if I've got to a certain point in my prayer and I don't break down, does that mean that I'm not really pressing through? Or is it, how God deals with us at that particular moment in time. Sometimes some people are laughing because they're broken. That's how they manifest that form of brokenness. Some people start wailing, some run, whatever. You know. So I suppose the definition of brokenness for each individual, how would you define To be honest, I would define like, first of all, right, uh, I would say when somebody is broken from what I have seen, there's very little joy that is expressed. Because brokenness is painful. God is reducing you. He's removing things. He's dealing with pride. He's dealing with selfishness. He's dealing with jealousy. He's dealing with all kinds of manner of things. And so because you're being stripped, you will not be running around laughing. Because it's painful. Joseph went through that. David went through that. Do you understand? Even Jesus went through that when he was in the wilderness, okay? And so um, uh, with yourself, the reason you're crying is, is not because you're broken, because bro breaking is a process. It's more like you are undone by God's presence or, you know, there's a revelation or, do you understand, or you're touched by him. But breaking, <laughs> God takes a while where he's stripping you like an onion, layer by layer. Do you understand? So if I'm going to give the definition of brokenness, it's more in that context. It is pain, a process where God is stripping you of things that are wrong and are hindering your life and what he wants to do with you. And so in that stripping process, it's so deep. So what happens is it is pain. So I hope that answers your question.
It looks like we have to stop. But let, let's take the last question. I don't pray for sick when things are going well. But is there a way I can get that same quality? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a that's a that's a excellent question. That's an excellent question. And the question is this: Is it stops now? No, no, no. If so, I don't have to repeat it, or do I have to repeat that? Okay. Um, <laughs> very quickly, we've got like some like three minutes. The question is this. Um, um, when you're going through the difficulty, that's when your prayer is often great. This is the experience of um, our dear sister. And when things are really good, that's when it's not quite the same. So can it be more consistent? Okay, in the, in the sense of, can your prayer be equally as good when things are really going well? That's a really brilliant question. Um, I think, yes, there is a possibility because if you look at the life of Jesus, one of the things we see was that he was consistent. He was consistent. Do you understand? And you see the experiences he had, and it was daily. And so what he had done was, through development and through being desperate and pursuing God, he had learned how to be instant in season and out of season. And so for him, it wasn't even so much about the experience, but it was more about connection with his father. So that's why he's always pursuing, he's pursuing the Father. And so in the times when it's good, that's the opportunity where you come before the Lord. Not asking for anything, but saying, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, Lord, this was happening. Thank you. But in that time, you do have to be cautious, as Pastor John said. You know, and many of us have experienced this. When things are great, that's when we pray less. I noticed this. I noticed when the pain ebbed, I noticed the intensity went, intensity went down. And I said, Lord, look what's happening, you know? And then I felt, it's not over. <laughs> and then it went into another season of difficulty. So I would say that it is possible. You enjoy that time of in the valley so that when you're on the mountain, you continue to minister to him and enjoy him. I believe so. I believe in that place of strength. You can even advance things, but you just have to make sure you uh, monitor, Jansami, yourself. So I hope that helps. Yeah, thank you. yeah. In fact, the times I think we should enjoy more is the time when we're in the valley. You know, it's more blessed in a house of mourning than in a house of jubilation. All right, let's bring two things to a close. Okay? Um, shall we pray? Um, very quickly, I want you to uh, pray for yourself. You've probably got about 40 seconds or so. And just ask the Lord to help you. Um, maybe there's different points in what was shared. Just ask the Lord to help you on this journey um, and to take you to a higher place of knowing him and being intimate with him. Just pray.
Father, we want to thank you so much for this time. And Lord, we are committing ourselves, all of us are committing ourselves to you. For you to help us, Lord, in how we develop our prayer lives. Father, for it uh, not just to uh, be a tool for us to get in things that we want, but rather a tool that we can use for intimacy with you, walking with you, knowing you. Lord, I pray that there'll be a release of fresh grace on each individual. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Blessings.